I would like to introduce this evening Bunny Crea and Heidi Loxida. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Ward. He's being techni savvy. So awesome. Well, welcome to our Wednesday night equip. If you guys can go ahead and take out your bulletins, we're going to do something a little different tonight. We get to do something, something special. Okay. I am so honored and privileged, uh, both Heidi and I, that we get to be a part of such a giving family and to be a part of a church that invests in the next generation. You can go ahead and take out your insert. And what you'll see are the recipients of our scholarship. Now, this isn't just any scholarship. In fact, it's going to be broken up into a couple of parts because it wasn't, it was birthed out of a vision that came from Helen Cooper, who is part of our family. And when her husband had passed, she wanted to do something that honored his legacy. And he was such a giving man. And he, part of this was someone had, along the way, invested in them, invested in him when he was a young man. That changed his life. And so part of that was she decided that she was going to give towards the next generation in hopes that it would help them as they discover their dreams and the path that God has for them. So during this time, could we ask the recipients to please join us here on stage? Why don't we give them a hand as they make their way up here? And as they are coming up, yes, please come up. I'll move out of the way for you guys. As you can see, there is a little section here that tells you a little bit about them. They're all servants here at New Hope Hilo. They all um, are going to further their education. They have great stories. Um, In fact, I would encourage you to put this somewhere where you can continue to pray for them as they go on to their journey that God has them on. And so here we have, I get to present uh, three of those scholarships. One of the young ladies receiving this is Danielle. I call her Danny. She's not here because she lives in Michigan. She goes to school there at Cornerstone University. I have known her for about six years. She is still very much a part of our family here at New Hope. And she continues to serve. She loves children. She has served alongside of me um, with our young adults and our nursery. So she is not here. But thank you for praying for her and keeping her in your prayers. And as she continues on her path in becoming early childhood education. And she just loves, loves Jesus with all her heart. So that's Danielle. Um, I have, yay, Danielle. Raya. Raya can... Step forward, Raya. There you go. Raya is awesome. Okay, I get to serve with her in our youth ministry. She is on the cameras. She is everywhere. She is one of the one of our greatest leaders. Our kids get to look up to and. Thank you so much for not only we get to invest in you, but you investing in also the next generation. So thank you, Raya. 
Next, we have Jason. Jason Victorino. And Jason here is a graduate of Kamehameha Hawaii campus. I hope I got that right. And he is going to be going off to the Art Institute in Portland. He is an amazing photographer. He also works with our multimedia, uh, helps me in U-turn. I love it, loves God, loves his family. And we are very grateful that we have people that have these skills because we get to use their skills to advance the kingdom of God. So thank you, Jason. And thank you guys for investing in the next generation. So next we have our Women's Ministry Scholarship, and that is Miss Heidi Luxina. Okay, so I'm going to give you a, just a little history of our Women's Ministry um, Legacy, Scholarship Legacy. Um, it started off as a bake sale, as a fundraiser for our ministry, and then God morphed it into a scholarship fund. So how many of you bake for our bake sale? Okay, so I just want to let you know that you are investing in people. So I just want to say thank you. If you ever bought a cookie, a brownie, a chocolate dipped strawberry, jellies or jams or dressings, or any other thing that we have ever sold there, because this is what you're doing. You're investing in the lives of young women and women who, like Ernesta here, who's receiving our Jeremiah 2911, a single mom who's going back to school to further her education to better herself That's and right. her family. So, whoop, whoop. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then we also have our WOW scholarship, which is going to our Kehaulani, who's going to go to school in Minot University. Why not? Sorry. Um, which is amazing. But her mom is here to receive for her our WOW scholarship. So. And then our lovely two ladies here. <laughs> have just graduated from high school and we are giving away two First Timothy 4.12 scholarships to these beauties because we believe in you. And so here you, Brittany and Vandy. Yay! So I just want to let you know in 2007 is when we first started giving away scholarships. Thus far we have given away over $8,300 worth of bake sale fundraising money to help further education to 17 women. Now, this doesn't include summer camps, sports camps, or leadership conferences. This is just strictly our college scholarship. So all the funds that we make at our bake sale goes to people. So thank you for giving so generously of your baking goods and your money to help these women further their education. Thank you. So if at this time, if you guys can stretch your hand, we're going to pray for our recipients. Go ahead. Lord, we just thank you so much, Father, for, for the gift that you have given us, not just in salvation, Lord, but in your son, Jesus Christ, that we get to become better and better that we get to uh, take on new challenges, Lord, that you would release your dreams 
in this generation. And Father, that you will go before them and that you will go with them and that they will never overstep you, Lord. That your spirit would lead them through this new chapter of their lives as they continue their education, Lord. Entering into, some of them even entering into adulthood, Lord, that you would be with them. Father, we thank you and we partner up with you as we pray for each and every one of them um, as this new journey, as they continue on the paths and plans that you have for them. Set a fire in their souls, Lord. May you be their um, course of direction, Lord, and their win, Father. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again. You know, it is such an honor, really it is, to be a part of such a giving church. I personally was invested in and continue to have people invest in me, and I'm very grateful for that. So thank you so much for giving. You know, we talk about our camps. We talk about how many people give towards this church is amazing. When I work actually getting ready for our legacy district camp, now that is happening in like two weeks. And that is where we have a bunch of high schoolers that come from the entire state and they come and they camp here on campus for one week. It is seriously so much fun. Can you imagine a whole bunch of teenagers? It is fun, really, it is. And, um, and it, it isn't possible. When they come, they're like, wow, you, wow. And they're not wowing over the buildings because a building is just a building. It's the heart and the DNA of New Hope Hilo. And I thank you, really thank you for loving our kids and loving the next generation as we invest in them, as they become the next leaders. And so we also want to give you an opportunity, heads up, because part of that opportunity is that we also get to do a back to school, you know, it's coming up to school and it can be hard for families to buy school supplies. So next Wednesday, we're actually going to be taking a special offering just for that. So just pray on it, prepare your hearts for that, because we want to give you another opportunity to help our children's ministry and our youth ministry as they get ready to go back to school. I can't believe it's already that time. Although I actually was praying for it. I was like, when do these kids go back to school? It's costing me money every day. Mom, you can go McDonald's. Mom, are we going out for lunch? Mom, mom. I'm like, what in the world? So I'm very grateful for our school system because pretty soon, a couple more weeks. So with that, again, thank you. I would like to take this time to introduce Ben Irvinozo. So Ben, you can come on up. I know he spoke a couple of times, and he's awesome. He is, he is our youth director. He is an amazing young man. Um, I think I was your age. We won't say what that age was. When I first met Ben, um, he was in high school. And I remember just seeing this kid who had this amazing gift of worship, who had this talent. And then I got to know him, and he is seriously like... My little brother, who I just love and sometimes even beat up, sometimes, just sometimes, when he acts up. Um, But Pastor Sheldon believes in Ben, and as do I, and has invested 
years, I would say, in him. And we just see just an amazing young man who loves the Lord, loves his family, and loves your children. Literally, more than anything else, will go over and beyond for your kids. And um, I just want to share one story, uh, how I first met Ben, so that you can kind of have an idea of how close we are now. Um, Some of you know that I'm slightly competitive, slightly. And so it was our zero gravity, and Pastor Sheldon and I, we have this thing called Raft Wars. And so you anchor down two rafts, and they have to, the kids get on it, they have to mount themselves on it, and then they have to jump off and race to the other raft, and the first person on their raft wins. So that's what we call raft wars, okay? And so we, all these kids are, are going, and it's, it's highly competitive, and it's a lot of fun. And I was in the water, surprisingly, I was actually in the water, and... All of a sudden, I hear... See, the leaders were never allowed to challenge the kids. You know, we don't want the spirit of competition. We want the spirit of excellence. So we try not to do anything that's going to cause kids to stumble and fall because we're so much better than them. And, and so I hear from the top pavilion, I challenge you, literally. And we're like, I looked at Pastor Sean and he goes, uh, I think... Ben's calling you out. I said, Ben? Like, Ben, Ben? And he's like, yeah. I said, Ben, you talking about me or are you talking to Pastor Sheldon? And he's like, you, buddy, I challenge you. And I was like, I turned to Pastor Sheldon. I was like, can I please, please challenge him? And he said, go for it. And I'll let him finish the rest of that story. But, you know, we love Ben, and he is an investment of not just Pastor Sheldon, not just us, but you as well. And we just thank you so much for being a loving, uh, open church that loves the next generation. But you welcome Ben Urbanoza. Thank you, buddy. So, I guess I have to finish that story. I never made it to the other raft. I was like, buddy, I'm not the raft. Stop trying to drown me. (laughs) Yeah, I never made it to the other raft. (laughs) But anyway, I am Ben Arbonozo, and I am privileged to be here tonight. And I'm thankful that you are all here. And tonight we're going to continue in our series, The History and Authenticity of the Bible. And if you've been here for the last couple of weeks, we've been having, uh, we had Pastor Charlie speak about it. We had Pastor Sheldon and we had Pastor Marsha. And they all gave various uh, reasons on the Bible. And here's the heart. The Bible was inspired by God. It's God-inspired. It's God-inspired. It is not inspired by man, but it is inspired by the almighty, perfect God. And tonight, what I want to share with you is is a little bit more of the authenticity, and more importantly, what you say the Bible is to you. You know, uh, me and my wife, we got married in March 2011. I remembered. <laughs> and, and so we got married, and it was a great wedding, and then we left for our honeymoon, and our honeymoon, we went to Las Vegas. And... 
prior to this, I had only been to the mainland once, and that was to uh, California to go to Disneyland. And other than that, I've never left uh, the Hawaiian, the Hawaiian state, the Hawaii state. And uh, so we went to Las Vegas. Now I went to Vegas because I, I just wanted to go and just experience something other than Hilo, which is a lot. And so I went to, we went to Vegas, and um, I, I enjoyed it very much. But here's the reason why I enjoyed it very much. And it's going to be very, very interesting. You're probably thinking, oh, because of... No, no, no. See, I'm the kind of guy that, believe it or not, I like to shop. I like to go shopping. Especially when there's more than Walmart, Target. <laughs> and so, so we go to Vegas. And, and if you've never been to Vegas, there's more than one mall. Unlike Hilo. And so, there's like, there's, you know, we're on, the, we're on the strip of Las Vegas, and there's like at least four or five malls that we can go and ride the, the bus to. And so we go to one, and it's called the, uh, the Miracle Mile Shops, I think. And it's like this one entire, apparently it's a mile of stores. And I'm like, what? I can exercise and shop? Okay, let's do this. So we go... And, and like I said, I actually do like to shop because I like to see what else is there. You know, being a local boy from Hilo, you know, we, we grew up on KTA. And then, and then the plaza. You know, Liberty House. I remember Liberty House. And then, and then all of a sudden Walmart came and I was like, what? Oh, like, wow, you can get all these things from Walmart. And then nothing else happened. And then Target came. And so I go into, we're at, we're at this, this, this mall, and, and so we're walking around, and I'm walking around, my wife Katie is looking, she's all in amazement too, oh, look at all these shops, and I'm like, ooh, this is going to be expensive. <laughs> and so we're walking around, and then all of a sudden, uh, I, come up, I come up on this store, and this is a store that I have never, ever seen in my entire life. Guys, you're gonna, you would have loved this store. Unfortunately, it closed down. But this was, a, this was a sports memorabilia store. And when I mean store, I mean it was boo. And what caught me was, like, I just saw all these jerseys, these NFL jerseys, these NBA jerseys. I saw all these jerseys, and I was like, oh. I'm going to go check it out in here. And so I just thought it was, like, champs. I thought it was like champs or full locker. So I'm walking around. And I'm like, huh? What? Oh, two hundred dollars for a jersey. What's so special about this jersey? Signed by what? <laughs> and I step back. Like, am I supposed to be touching this? Like, you know. Uh, as I'm looking for the signature, and sure enough, this this place had everything signed by sports athletes. And so I think. At that time, uh, there was a lot of things I was looking at. But I am a big football fanatic. I love watching NFL. And my favorite player, I don't have a team. I have a player. Uh, my favorite player is Peyton Manning. And so, so I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Let me go look if they got some Peyton Manning stuff. Because if they got it, I'm going to try and see if I can get it. So I look. And look, and then, and then I, I find this, I find this lovely display case in the back on the side, and, and in it has all these helmets. 
the big regular size and then the mini helmets. And I'm looking, I'm like, oh, oh, oh. And there's a big, big regular size Peyton Manning Indianapolis Colts uh, helmet signed by him. I'm like, and then I looked at the price and went, how much? This didn't cost me my flight back to Hilo. And so I'm like, there's no way. And then I'm just looking, looking, looking. And then I see this uh, University of Tennessee mini helmet. And for those of you who don't know, Peyton Manning played for University of Tennessee. And on it is his signature. And I look at the price, and I'm like, oh, oh, oh. It's a little bit more doable. It's a little bit more doable. So I do what any only child would do. Babe, can I have it, please, 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 please? How much is it? It's only, it's Peyton Manning. This is, this is legendary. And so I'm, I'm, so I'm just, I'm just like trying to talk her into it, talk her into it. And then she goes, okay, fine. You know what? It's our, it's our honeymoon. You can have it. So I do, you know, what every, any newlywed husband will do. Babe, you're the best. And I go. And I'm like, so I'm all, I'm all in pride. I'm all in pride. Like, oh, yes, sir. Sir, I will take. I point to the big one, the regular size one. That one. The small one. And, and so I buy it. And so I'm all happy. I'm all excited. And then we buy it. We go back to the hotel. And, and I'm all filled with joy. And then something hits me. Is it even real? Like, I asked the guy, hey, dude, is this real? He's like, yeah, it's real. And... He's like, oh, yeah, there's this. And what I realized is that there was a certificate of, of authenticity attached to it. And I asked the guy, okay, are you sure this is legit? Because, dude, I'm from Hilo. If this ain't legit, you better know I'm coming back with my receipt. <laughs> we don't play that. <clears throat> and so, so I look at it. I look at the, you know, I look at the certificate of authenticity and... And I just, I, I put it like this. You know, I wasn't there when, if, if Peyton Manning signed it. But I, will, I believe he did. I believe he did. That certificate of authenticity, I believe he did. And just to prove that, and then just to prove that I made sure I got something from Peyton Manning, I went to go buy something else after. And, and, I, and another, and the same thing, it had a certificate of authenticity. And... Here's what I, I, I realize, and this is what I want to bring to us tonight. We weren't there when Jesus walked the earth. If he were, wow. <laughs> but we weren't. We weren't there when, the, when, the, when, when Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. We weren't. We weren't there when Jesus was talking to his disciples. We weren't. We weren't there. All we have is this. And the question I propose to you tonight is this. What do you say? What do you say? You see, here's, what I'm, here's what, what's happening in our society today. Our society today is taking this and disowning it. They're tearing it apart. They're saying, oh, you know, there's, there's mistakes here. There's, oh, there's, there's things here. They're doing all that. 
My question to you tonight is this. What do you say the Bible is? Is it a letter of authenticity? Or not? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads, close your eyes, and pray with me. Lord, we come to you tonight. And Lord, as we, we talk about the authenticity of your word, Lord, I pray right now that you would open our hearts. That you would speak to us in such a way, Lord, that from the moment... We open our hearts, you speak to us, so that when we leave here tonight, we will know without a doubt what decision we say. Lord, I pray that you would reveal your truth, because it is the one and only truth. So Lord, we thank you and we praise you. We pray this in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Amen. You know, uh, as I was working on this on this message. I, I actually looked, and I was going to say all this, the facts and all that, but, but hear my heart on this. Uh, I've looked, and historians and scholars have their reasons why the Bible is, they say why there's a little, there's a little parts here and there that's questionable. But here's what's really amazing, is that I've also read that there are historians and scholars both non-biblical and biblical that agree on one thing that the Bible is the Bible doesn't that amaze you that there's actually non-biblical scholars and historians that say that the, the Bible the Old Testament the New Testament is indeed the Bible see when we believe in, in the full authority of God's word then we can start growing and live an authentic life for Christ. Now, historians and scholars, they have their reasons. But what about, what about the Bible itself? What does the Bible say? This is what it says in 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17, if you have your Bibles. It says this, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. See, Paul, as he's speaking to his apprentice Timothy, he tells him straight up that the Bible, God's word, the word of God, is inspired by God himself. That's what he says. He says that the Bible is not, yeah, it was written by men, but it's not from men. It is inspired by the living God, God himself. And in 2 Peter, it says this, 2 Peter 1, 12 to 21. It says, therefore, I will always remind you about these things, even though you already know them, and are standing firm in the truth you have been taught. And it is only right that I should keep on reminding you as long as I live. For our Lord Christ, Jesus Christ, has shown me that I must soon leave this earthly life. So I will work hard to make sure you always remember these things after I am gone. For we were not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We saw his majestic splendor 
with our own eyes when he received honor and glory from God, the Father. The voice from the majestic glory of God said to him, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. We ourselves heard that voice from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. You must, play, you must pay close attention to what they wrote, for their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place. Until the day dawns and, the Christ, and Christ the morning star shines in your hearts. Now hear this part. Above all, above all, you must realize that no prophecy in scripture ever came from the prophet's own understanding or from human initiative. No, these prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. That's Peter. Peter. The very Peter who walked with Jesus. Telling his, his apprentices, telling his people around him that understand this is not made up. This is not Hollywood. This is not fairy tales. This is not made up. This is not a dream. This is not something really cool. This is the real deal. Why? Because I was there with him. I saw him as he healed people. I was there when he said he was going to be crucified. And I was there when he told me to go and feed his sheep. I was there. And understand that everything else, everything written in the Old Testament, everything that we, read, that we know of right now, is, didn't come from any man. It came from God himself. See, God's word is authoritative because it is inspired by God himself, not man. You know, some of you may know him, Luis Palau. He's a well-known Christian speaker and author. He said this, If God couldn't write a book that is perfect, then why should you or I trust such a God with our salvation? I'm not saying that belief in inspiration is necessary for salvation, but I am saying that to experience authority and power and fellowship with God in our Christian walk, we must accept the Bible as God's word. See, if you're in here tonight and you're, and you're on the fence, if you're wondering, mm, you know, I understand there's a Bible and all that, but is it real? If, if you, whatever you say the Bible is, that will affect the authentic, the authentic life you have. I say this is the real deal. You know why I say that? Because Christ is the real deal. You see, when the Bible becomes no longer just a book, but it becomes our way, truth, and life, we can start to grow. We can start to have a life that is authentic just as Him. Some of you may know this story in Luke 8. It's about the farmer and the seed. In Luke 8, 5-8, it says, A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. 
other seed fell along fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon withered, wilted, and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Still, other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And then in verse 11 to 15, he actually explains what the parable means. He says, the seed is God's word. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. Did you hear that? See, they're the only ones that produce fruit, in other words, grow, are those who take God's word and live it. In Luke eleven twenty eight. He says, Jesus replied, But even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. The first step is determining what you say this is. If you say that this is the absolute truth, no doubt about it, great. But now there's a second step. That we have to live it. We have to live it. I don't know about you, but I want to be blessed. And the only way we can be blessed is when we take this, not as a book, but as our Savior, our our Lord. Inspiration straight from Him and live it. See, that's why it's important for us to do our devotions. It's not so that we can clock in, clock out, and say, hey, thanks God for a great day. It's because we grow in our relationship with Him. And slowly by slowly, we'll start to live authentic lives for him. A couple years ago, it was on a Wednesday night, and <clears throat> we had just came, uh, church was over, and so me and a group of my friends were like, what are we going to do? And so we left, and we figured, hey, you know what, we're hungry, so why don't we go to Subway? And so we go to Subway, and, and we're just talking about you know, the, the Wednesday night message, and we're just talking about how great God is. And we're sitting outside, if you guys know Subway and Poyana Cole, there's that bench outside. And so we're sitting down talking, stories, eating. And as we're talking, I, I see on the side of me, this gentleman walk right past and go straight into Baskin Robbins. And, and the look he gave me was, what are you guys talking about? And so we're talking, we're talking, we're talking, and you guys know how, you know when there's people looking behind your back, you can feel that? 
Well, I felt that. So I'm sitting, and, and I kind of turn my head, and the guy's at the door, and he's just looking at us on the bench, kind of eyeing us out. And I'm like, oh, man, please don't make trouble. We just came from church. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, well, talk stories. And it was, an older, it was a kind of older gentleman. And so we're talking stories, and all of a sudden, this guy pops out the door, and he goes, you guys really believe in that Bible stuff? Do you guys really believe in all that God stuff? And I look to him, and before I can even speak, all my friends decide, okay, we're going to defend Jesus Christ. So they start, yeah, we believe in Jesus Christ. And so we get into a debate with this, this, this guy. And, uh, and I remember saying, if he's not real, then I'm okay. Because if, he, if it's not real, I'm still living on great life. But if he isn't, I mean, if he is real, what am I going to gain? I'm going to gain heaven. And so we're talking, we're telling this guy, and, and this guy is look, like, looks like he's getting upset. Like, I mean, I would be too. And all of a sudden, he looks at us, and we're like, oh, dude, this is going to get real. And he looks at us, and all of a sudden, he smiles. He says, well done, good and faithful servants. And then he actually introduces himself and he says, just letting you know, I'm actually a pastor. <clears throat> and the reason I did that is because I wanted to test you. I wanted to know what your answer is going to be. I wanted to know if you're going to stand firm or if you're going to break down. You didn't. Well done. And so he goes in, and we're all amazed. Like, all of us are like, dude, did that, did that just happen? And, like, we're like, oh, like, oh, I was getting angry. And they're like, like, oh, I was like, guys, really? We weren't going to do anything. I mean, and so, so he comes out, and <clears throat> he comes out, and, and he goes, peace be with you. God bless. And continue to do what you're doing. And then... To add on to that, because we're already feeling great, the Baskin-Robbins worker comes out and says, hey, you know the guy who just left? He just bought you guys ice cream. And of course, I said, thank you, Lord. You see, but you know what? I wouldn't, know, I wouldn't have known what to say if I didn't believe it was the real deal. I wouldn't. You see, you and I, we got to make the decision now. Our world is telling us what the Bible is. What we need to do is instead tell the world who the Bible is. That it's the real deal. And we can't just tell them with our words, it's too easy. Trust me, I know. I've come across several people who defend their belief. And I'm not one for breaking down. I'm not one for defending anyone or, or, or bashing on other beliefs because I believe that God loves every single person. But I know what is real. The truth is, the world doesn't. It's going to take us to take this 
not as a book, but as full authority from God, straight from him. Not so we go, okay, you know what? It says here, right here in Proverbs, that's not what it's going to take is for us to live it. In Joshua 1.8, it says, Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. You know that story? That's the uh, subway. I didn't know what to say. I'll be honest with you. I didn't know what to do. I was like, what did I do? I didn't know. But you know who did? Christ. And you know how he did it? Through this. This is not a book. This is from our Savior. My prayer to you guys tonight is this, that you will decide what you say this is. And in doing so, find the authentic life that God has for you. I want to ask you to bar his name. Close your eyes. There's so many things out in the world. So many. So many self-help books. So many uh, guidance books. So many things that try try and help us along the way. There's other... Uh, theories, there's other beliefs and all this. But you and I are given the freedom from Jesus, from our God, to say what we believe in. Last week, Thursday, we celebrated 4th of July. And, and despite whatever is going on in our nation, can I just say this to you? God is still in control. It is still the United States of America. God bless America. And despite what may be happening, it's going to take you and I to be the light unto the world. To not just share our faith, to share our, our Lord and Savior, His love. Lord, Tonight, we know exactly what this is. It's not a book. Something far more than that. See, Lord, a book, we'll read it from beginning to end, and then it's over. (laughs) But you're not. They thought it was over when you went into the grave. (laughs) But you weren't over. You are living. And you have given us the greatest gift through the Holy Bible Because it is your living word. Lord, we pray right now, Lord, that that we would choose to say without a shout of a doubt that this is you. This is straight from you. It doesn't matter when it was written or who even wrote it because we know the real author. It's you. And so, Lord, tonight, as we leave here tonight, may we take what you speak to What you've written, not just onto these pages, but into the hearts, onto our hearts. And may we live it in such a way, Lord, that people will see that although we're not perfect, 
we are doing our very best to live an authentic life for you. Lord, we thank you for being the perfection that we as imperfections need. You're the real deal, Lord. We pray that you come into our lives and that you would shake it, break it, make it new, make it yours. Lord, we love you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. So don't forget, this is not a book. This is a living word of God. And let it change your life from the inside out. Amen?